Welcome to the other party, got that vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the after party. This is the second episode of the year. We're getting really close to 50 episodes. That's pretty exciting. I know we took quite a break. I was on hiatus, I guess you could say. But I'm really looking forward to getting back into the groove with these, with hanging out. When I miss an episode, people let me know. And so to everyone who's like, man, is this going to continue? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be here for the long haul with this podcast. I'm still trying to figure out the format. You guys know that. But we are going to talk about the latest video today, going to go through it like we did last week. I'm going to talk about some other stuff that's new with me, with the channel, just with tech as well. I think we're going to stay away from the news stuff a little bit this week and just, yeah, see where we go. It's just going to be like hanging out a little bit. So this morning, I actually jumped on my very first clubhouse call. Is that what you would call it? Is it a call? Is it a meeting? Is there some other crazy word for it? I don't even know. Clubhouse, you've been hearing about it, maybe. It's the new social thing everybody's getting into. I've been hearing people just talking about it like crazy on social media. Shout out to people like Viper, Renee Ritchie, Andrew Edwards, Bored at Work, Sarah Dietschy, just the, the list goes on and on. And so I was like, man, I've missed some interesting talks, it sounds like. I could just tell by the things people were saying, uh, how much value they were getting by these clubhouse meetings with all these people, these hangouts. And so I was like, I'm going to check it out finally. So it's invite only. I got an invite. And thanks to Nikias actually, for letting me in. He runs a Apple-focused, I think, still, tech channel. So you probably know who I'm talking about if you're on Apple YouTube. But he shot me to the front of the line. And yeah, so I hung out. The first thing that I hung out listening to was a Gary V hosted hangout. Is that what it is? I'm just going to call it a hangout in Clubhouse. And that was interesting. It was a bunch of people. It was more like marketing. It was actually about social media. It was actually about Clubhouse itself. And it was interesting. I would prefer to jump into one that's focused on YouTube. That's where a lot of the action's been in my circles I've seen. But there's all kinds of things. There's lots of interests. You can select an interest. And so anyways, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like it's going to be maybe addicting. It's It's not a podcast where those have really taken off in the last couple of years in a whole new way because it's not scripted and there's really not like a, a set format. And I know it, it really got started with the startup crowd and still that's a, a large part of who's in there and talking and hanging out are the startup people like venture capitalists and, and entrepreneurs and whatever, which does interest me because back in the day, several years ago, I don't know, not quite a decade ago, but that was kind of my world that I was around in, did lots of pitching to investors, and it was a whole thing. But the notifications for Clubhouse, they hit your phone screen, and it says, here's who's talking right now in a room. And it's like, oh, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. Whoa, what am I missing? I got to get in there. And I can already see this is going to be a big deal. So anyways, my initial impression is just it's different. It's interesting. It's unique. It feels very spontaneous. It does feel like there's stuff to be missed out on that maybe is valuable stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll swing back. I'll check back in with you after I've connected with some other people and stuff in there. But you can go check it out. You can follow me on there. I'll, maybe I'll hang out. we do my own hangouts. We'll see how into it I get. But, of course, it's at Daily Tech, spelled Daily T-E-K-K, on Clubhouse. This is an interesting time of the year. It's CES time, Consumer Electronics Show. 
it's usually a time where everyone in this kind of industry with these interests either gathers in Vegas or gathers around a computer or phone to watch the people that go to Vegas to see what all's coming out this year from some of the bigger manufacturers. Now, of course, I've been to CES a couple times in the past, and after I went a couple times, I ended up thinking, this isn't really for me, probably, like something that I need to do, need to go to, and it was interesting, though. Every time I go, it's interesting uh, because you do see things like a robot ping pong table that plays better than humans, and you do run into some celebrities. I got a selfie with Horace Grant one time. He was at the Atari booth or something. But the thing is, it's just, it's not very Apple-focused. So for me, it's not something that Apple ever attends. Apple does their own events, whatever. Since I mostly have been covering Apple uh, in recent years, it just doesn't feel like it's a must-attend for me. But yet, it's interesting. And of course, just being in the tech ecosystem, of course, I get companies reaching out to me all the time saying, uh, hey, we have this coming out. Can you cover it? And just so you guys know, like 90% of the time, 97% of the time, when somebody gets in touch... I don't end up covering whatever they're asking me to cover because 60% of all inbound contacts are usually just like junk. It's not targeted to me. It's like dear influencer and, or, or it'll have somebody else's name. I get lots of things to like I Justine or Marquez or X, Y, Z. It's not even like to Chris or daily tech. So there's a lot of junk. And then there's other stuff that's maybe legit, but it's just not something that either I would be interested in or that I think the audience, you guys would be interested in. And I really only try to cover stuff that I actually really would be interested in and would want to recommend and or something that I think you guys would like. And so really, it's just like the smallest amount of stuff that people pitch to me that I would actually be like, oh yeah, send that over or let's work on a deal if you want to do a sponsorship. This last year, I've left a lot of money on the table. Just in this week, I don't know how much money I left on the table just because it just wasn't a good fit for whatever reason. But nevertheless... One of the things that I really look forward to at CES would be new monitors. LG seems to always come out. Certain companies, like, they hit CES pretty hard, and others don't really, or they'll skip a few years and then come back with something really interesting. Like, Razer always has something interesting, but I don't really cover that kind of stuff usually. Although, when I was there, their booth was, like, cool. I stopped by, checked it out. And they came out with that uh, new mask, you know, this year that looked interesting. But LG, they did reach out, and I did end up doing an ad, a sponsored ad, full disclosure, but it said ad right on there so you could see it, just on Twitter and just on Instagram. But they had this really cool virtual showcase, and this part is not an ad. I'm just talking about it because I really like their products. I've been using an LG monitor forever. I've got two actually right now. Of course, you guys, if you've seen any of my recent videos, see that super ultra wide, that 49 inch, that's an LG, and I'm not even 100% sure they're selling that right now. I don't know if they came out with a new 49 inch. I think... Yeah, the ones that I saw, there was an Ultra Fine, there was an Ultra Gear, which looks like it was for gaming, which is cool. Anyways, so that's one thing that's really cool that I'm actually excited about. Somebody approached me about car stuff's always interesting at CES, robot stuff. But of course, everything's mostly virtual this year. And so there's a lot of virtual booths, virtual showrooms and stuff. So just like you guys, I'm wading through all that news and picking out some new stuff and maybe making some notes for... Apple hype, which is going to be coming up here. I keep teasing it, but it is coming back. But one of the things that I covered in the recent video, and we'll get to it shortly, was a new iPad stand. It's one of the coolest iPad accessories I've ever seen. It looks like it's from Kensington. Just one of the most well thought out 
iPad accessories that anyone has ever thought about and put together and actually produced. And it's so new, I think they announced that it's a yes. It's not even available to buy yet. And I don't know the pricing. But if you want to know what it looks like, go check out my latest video. So super excited about that. There's all kinds of TVs and stuff at CES. I remember Samsung always has a crazy display. Uh, well, everyone does. LG has like a hall of TVs with like TVs on the ceiling and all around you walk through it. Samsung has like wall-sized TVs and stuff. But yeah, there's like rollable phones that not just foldable, but rollable that expand to different sizes and stuff. Yeah, things are interesting. Of course, I hate to say this, but if it's not an iPhone, like I don't pay much attention to it, like for real, because I know I'm really in this ecosystem. I'm happy in the ecosystem right now. And when I say I really like Apple stuff, I feel like I've been thinking about that. I mostly really like their hardware and less do I really like their services as much as I wish that I did. But when I see a, a phone that's a foldable or a rollable or has some really crazy feature, for the most part, maybe I'll be like, oh, that new Samsung S21 Ultra has a crazy camera array with a crazy zoom. I do really want that zoom on my iPhone, but I don't really want that Samsung phone, if that makes sense. I think probably if you're listening to this podcast, you understand that. You're not seriously maybe considering actually using an Android phone just because it just doesn't work as well with all my stuff. And it's not just AirPlay. It's just everything. All the Apple stuff just plays better together. But still, I I look, and you look too, because it's interesting. Partly, I I do just like everything right now with the pandemic, because it's too bad you can't go and hang out with people, because that's the main appeal for me for any kind of event, especially the Apple events, is go see other people that you just would tweet otherwise, or see on Clubhouse, or watch their YouTube videos. That's like the fun, meeting, and and also hanging out with people like the fans. When people come out, like, I miss, I like that stuff about the events, I'm so missing that too, but everybody is with the pandemic. Now, there's an interesting shot, and I realize I'm talking about the video a couple of times before we actually get to it. In the latest video, it's just a real quick shot. You could really easily miss it. It's almost a product placement, but it's not really. It's definitely not a sponsorship. There's a can on my desk. It's a little, short little can, and I pick it up, and it reveals the iPad behind it. I don't even remember where it is in the video. It's just really fast. And it is a Kin, Kin, K-I-N, and this is my second order of Kin. Kin is a new drink me and my wife have been getting into, not sponsored, just talking about something that actually I have been ordering in real life. And I got one right here, actually. It's called Kin Spritz. That's the one I got right now, but there's one called High Road, and then there's one called Dream Light, I think. And what they are, they call them Euphorics, and they have interesting marketing And what they are is like an alcohol alternative, although I've never been one to like really promote like ginger beer or something because it just, it seems, I'm sorry, it just seems dorky. And somebody out there is going to be like, oh, this Ken stuff, that's dorky. But it is an alcohol alternative, but instead of just being like something that's supposed to taste like alcohol, I've never been a big drinker, really, like ever, my whole life, except for coffee. I've been a big coffee drinker, you guys know that. But there was something about the Kin stuff. It's made with adaptogens and some other interesting ingredients that sort of, it doesn't give you a buzz, at least in my experience. Some people say it gives you like a buzz, like alcohol-ish, but not alcohol because it doesn't give you any kind of hangover or anything. But it's weird. Like every, it apparently hits everybody a little bit different. What it doesn't do is give you, get you drunk in any way. It doesn't, you know, mess you up at all. What it tries to do is make you more 
aware, make your mind sharper. I found this on Product Hunt, I think, is where I found it. I'm always on Product Hunt. You guys know that. And your stack. I'm always on those two sites trying to find new things. These Silicon Valley people or anybody with a cool new startup or product, there's a good chance I'm going to look and see on there. And by the way, I'm talking about places. You can follow me on Product Hunt too. See the things that I upvote there. Because a lot of times, something from that site is going to make it into a video of mine. So you get like a preview. But what it's supposed to do is like replenish stuff that your body has lost throughout the day, reinvigorate you a little bit, I guess, the, the two daytime ones. And it's fancy. It's, it's actually quite expensive. And then there's a the nighttime one, which kind of winds you down at night. And of course, wouldn't give you a hangover in the morning. But it's been like a thing. My wife and I have been having a nightcap with the dream light at night. And I have one of these kin. I've been doing the high road or the spritz or whatever. Maybe in the afternoon or something when I'm pushing through uh, a long edit or something. It's just a fun thing. Because I try not to drink too much caffeine, uh, like coffee, you know. I cut that off after two-ish so I can actually sleep at night. And also, I try to drink my full eight glasses of water, which for me usually ends up being five cans of Waterloo because that's the right amount of ounces. And there's something about just plain old water. It's hard for me to do. So Waterloo's like my favorite go-to water at the moment. But yeah, it's an interesting, like experimenting me and the wife with this Kin brand and it's fun. So anyways, I don't know if that appeals at all. You could check it out. It's definitely got a different flavor and taste, but that's the thing. They're, what they're shooting for is like a refined highbrow thing, experience, and it is. It's different. So anyways, I don't know. You can look at it. I can't uh, vouch for any of the health effects or, or the feelings or anything. I think it does do something, but with the second order here, I, I'm not really willing to say here's what it does for sure, but it's still just a fun thing, something different. Oh, I should say some of the office stuff has been arriving a lot of the stuff from Inside Weather, the chairs here, it's assembled. Actually, you can see it a little bit in the latest video. I got a few fun shots, almost look like drone shots from indoors because I got a C-stand, which is just a pole with another pole attached, and you put a tripod mount on it, stick your camera on there, and then I boosted it like way up, nine feet up to the ceiling, and then it's looking down at me in the chair. So there's a, a couple inter interesting shots in the video of the chair, but it's just barely because I'm not trying to give too much away. But happy to say it is comfortable and it should be for the price. It has a kind of a funky smell. What does it smell like? It smells like whiteout, which is weird because it's blacked out with the onyx, the vegan leather I told you about. So it's currently stinking up the office. That usually goes away with new stuff. And I had to put it together. That's the thing. I've had a lot of furniture deliveries recently, right? Because we moved and a lot of companies, they have to schedule if you order a couch or something, some chairs. Uh, a, a, a dining table, which is all stuff that we ordered. You've got to schedule a, a last mile delivery thing with like Ryder or Mayflower or something. And it's like a big hassle and a big pain. This, you don't have to do that with Inside Weather, which is a lot of stuff that I ordered, if you guys remember. But the alternative is you have to build the stuff. And it's not hard, but it takes a little bit of time. It's not quite like, oh, I built this with my own two hands, but at least I did put some effort into it, which is fun. Anyway, so the chair's done. The side table that came to, or sideboard, whatever it is, my storage thing, it's a little bit bigger than the credenza. My wife's been making fun of me all week for saying words like sideboard and credenza, which I didn't even know were words until I started researching like office stuff, but whatever. And after this podcast, that's going to be my treat is go set that up and see what it looks like in the office. Okay, the main event. Let's talk a little bit about 
the most useful iPad tips video ever. I just published it. So I don't know, by the time you guys hear this on Friday, I literally just published it. It only has 2.1 thousand views so far. So that's how early I'm recording this after I published it. But that's what it's called. And I hope that it lives up to its name because I really poured a lot into trying to make it really useful. And also I tried to shorten it. So I tried not to talk too much, not too much jib jab yammer, just get to the points and move on, let people pause and rewind if they want to, but, but keep it moving. And so there was three or four main parts of the video. Number one, and within the first like minute and a half, I tried to just get into it right away, not really explain too much. I talked about a recap of the best tips and apps and some of the interesting accessories that I featured on the channel before. So if you're a new subscriber, then the idea was you get somewhat caught up in a short amount of time to some of the cool iPad stuff that we've covered before on the channel. And then we would move right along because that'd be useful anyways. Then moving along, there was another section that was on iPad don't forgets is what I call them, but tips. But what, what is there that's really new with the iPad right now? Not a whole lot. So what I did, my approach was like, look, a lot of people probably know about some of these things and then forget about them. So don't forget that the iPad can do this and this. And there was a lot of that. I tried to just pick some really cool stuff, some stuff I didn't know about. I asked some people on Twitter, I was like, what are the best, hit me with some of your favorite iPad tips and tricks. And I learned some stuff. And that's the thing, like nobody knows it all, even somebody like me. And so one of my favorites is being able to shoot slide over that extra multitasking window that's skinny on the side, being able to shoot that over with your mouse as soon as you activate it all the way over to the left side, instead of having to pop it out on the right side and then move it. So there's some cool stuff like that. And then I also did cover some fresh accessories. I told you about one of those already from Kensington, but I found four or five really interesting newish brand new or like new to me accessories that are probably going to be new to you too. Some of them were from CES. Some of them I just had ran into very recently and never seen before, which makes me think they're probably pretty new then if I haven't seen it, but some good stuff. If you're just got an iPad and you're just looking to up your experience, you're going to find something really good there. And then at the end, I did something different, which was I talked about some ways, some techniques to use an Apple Pencil beyond just as a stylus. So as I sit here, and the video now has 2.2 thousand views, this is ranking number two out of the last 10 videos. Sometimes I fill you guys in on that, so you can track with me how things are doing, which is good. I'm excited. Usually when it does good off the bat, that can be either good or bad. Sometimes if you start out too strong, there was like you oversold something, and then people didn't resonate with it for some reason, like the title or the thumbnail, like, you promise something that you didn't deliver and then it can fall or if it can just debut strong and stay strong. So there's two different paths this thing could take, but I really feel like I put a lot into this that's really useful. So I think it's going to do good. And so this is good to see it in the top three because usually when it's in the top three, I know it's going to go on to have a long life. And I don't know where this video is going to go in terms of views, but I will make this prediction. I think this is going to be one of the top three to four or five videos on the channel all year. That's a prediction that I think. It may be the top video I do all year. I don't know. It might be the golden goose. We'll see. I did two different photo shoots for this one. And you guys know the office is just a torn apart mess, random, because I'm redoing it. We talked a lot about that in not only the last video, but the last podcast. 
and so I got some of the art, and it's you can see in the video, it's just laying against the wall. I haven't even hung it up yet, but yet I still got it into a few shots. I have no lighting in there set up, not just like work lights, like lighting you would want by your desk or whatever, or like a floor light, but I have no video lights, and so things are dark, and especially when you're filming like, if, if you have a, an overcast day and you're relying on shooting something inside and it's not very bright, that can really darken up the room if you don't bring some extra light in. And luckily, I'm using a camera that uh, it's the a7S III from Sony, which is like a low light B, so it can handle that pretty well. But still, if you get like a kind of a dark environment with a really bright screen, like a bright iPhone or a bright iPad, it can ruin a shot. It doesn't come through as cool as it should be. And there's just so much to remember. I feel like I got a few shots that were like that, where the screen's really bright, but everything else in the shot is a little bit too dark. And usually the way around that is to turn your contrast down a little bit, but I just didn't have time to think about that for this one. I'm lucky that I got this done today and that I could be talking about it right now on the podcast because it was so much work. You guys have no idea how much work because there's the research. It's like, what do I want to do? And sometimes I'm thinking about it for weeks or months. You have ideas. And then you finally settle on an idea. And then you start thinking about, okay, what could I put? You you put together a skeleton. You got to add some meat onto the skeleton. And you get this outline going. And then for a video like this, I might shift directions like four or five times before I finally settle on, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it like this. And that definitely happened here. For instance, I was going to include um, a section on some new apps for the iPad but I didn't. I did include tips. I did include accessories. I didn't shove an apps section in because I like to break those out and have them be their own videos. I think when people are in the mood to look for those, it's just better to have it by itself. And now we're up to 2.4 thousand views. This is the problem. Every time I publish, I can't help but stat check. My wife's, are you stat checking again? Yes. But it's funny. YouTube's over the last year or so, year and a half, they've been trying to give you it's just automated messages, but like more insight into why your video is doing well or doing poorly. And so there's a little message here that popped and said, nice, more regular viewers are choosing to watch this video, helping to increase its reach, which before even clicking on the notification to delve deeper into that, that makes sense because a lot of the top videos on the channel are iPad videos. I don't think of the channel as just being an iPad only channel, definitely not. But in some ways, I don't know what part of the subscriber base is iPad people, like predominantly, but a lot. So if I were to come out with an iPad video, of course, it's going to be more popular because I don't know, two of the top three videos on the channel right now that are Apple focused are probably iPad related. Oh, and by the way, while we're talking about subscribers, this is the month finally where we're going to get a hit uh, 300,000 subscribers, which I couldn't be more excited about. And my wife was like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to have some special video or celebrate something? I was like, I don't know, because it's not really a huge milestone to anybody else, I don't think. To me, it's like a, a big deal to us as a business. Like, man, it's been going slow for a while, and I feel like we've grown faster before, and it's been a little bit slow over the last year, but it's not like a million subscribers or even half a million, which I guess in terms of just like generic numbers, that would seem like a bigger milestone, like half a million, but it's certainly a million so I don't know. I, I probably won't do anything, I would guess, until I hit a million. Other than just be like, oh, hey, I hit 300 on social. But still, I'm really excited. So look, here's what that notification says. In case you guys aren't a YouTuber and you're just like wondering what it looks like for us. It says views are up 20% because more regular viewers are choosing to watch the video. 
And that is in turn helping to increase its reach on YouTube recommendations. So that's good. Now, I know that most of my subscribers, they must you know, be in the same time zone and be probably English speaking. The top three countries are usually the USA and Canada and the UK. Actually, India snuck in there. I think they might be second now overall in terms of subscribers. Shout out to everybody in India. Appreciate you guys. But it says, what's going on? When the topic, title, or thumbnail of a video attracts more of the regular viewers of your channel, it's more likely to be recommended to viewers watching similar videos on home, the home screen on YouTube, and up next. So it says, consider what's different about this video that could have made it more appealing to a broader audience. What's different? It's a very clickbaity title, <laughs> the most useful iPad tips video ever, but also I was shooting to actually make that true. And so... It looks like from the early numbers, people feel like it's pretty decent. So anyways, I did do two shoots for the thumbnail. The first shoot, the batch, it didn't come out too good. I wasn't real happy with it. And it has to do with just the state of the office right now. And just, I only have that one desk in there. There's nothing else to set anything on. And I've done so many thumbnails down in the studio with that wood wall behind. And I was like, I don't want to just do that again. And so I wanted to do something different. So I wanted to do it up in the office. And I just wasn't happy with it. So after I think I was uploading the video already, I was like, mm, I'm just going to grab the lens, get a, a good lens. One of my favorite lenses is like an 85 millimeter. And on the full frame, it really just produces like insane background blur. It's really sharp. And in case you're wondering, if you're like a camera nerd and you're really into it, usually I'm rocking the 24 to 72 or 70 from Sigma. That's like what I shoot my A-roll with usually almost wide open. But anyways, I grabbed that favorite lens of mine, the bokeh lens, and I stuck the iPad on the corner of the desk and kind of cleaned off everything that was around it. And then I tried to frame it in with a little bit of the computer monitor on the left and a little bit of one of the iconic canvases that's here that's just sitting against the wall, not on the wall yet. And just let there be some negative space behind the iPad itself, show the magic keyboard. And then I put uh, the Ficlo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. I never know if I'm pronouncing stuff, but F-I-Q-L-O. Everyone asks, what is that? It's Ficlo, but I can't possibly respond to everybody, but I did link it up in the video, which is just a screen savery clock minimal app. And you see it in a lot of Instagram desk setups that have iPads. But I wanted to show something different than just the home screen with the apps or whatever. So I stuck that on. And for everybody that does know about something like Ficlo, there's a ton of people that don't. And so it's probably unusual enough that is contributing to people wanting to click onto the video, just that image being like, what is that? Although it's a funny use for an iPad because you would never really just use it as a clock like that. But still, it's intriguing. And what's fun is I hid all the windows on my ultra wide for my Mac and there was just a default Mac background there and because of the angle of the iPad in the shot that I ended up going with. And what I usually do is I take a bunch of shots, sometimes over 100, and it was probably closer to 60 to 80 for this particular video. Dump them into Lightroom, although there's another app. I saved it in my mind. You guys know I'm obsessed with my mind right now, the app. So at least I have it. I can easily search for it, <laughs> but I forget the name right now. But uh, I'm still using Lightroom, and then my wife can uh, pop in there if she wants to post something on social or whatever. She can easily grab it. So I pop them all in there and then I go through and I hit the Z key to pick out the best candidates for a thumbnail. And then I pop it over into Photoshop. I'm still using Photoshop, which I feel like makes me a geezer. 
in terms of digital stuff because I know everyone's using other stuff. And yeah, I'm still paying that crazy fee for all this stuff. And then I mess around with the levels and the saturation or whatever, try to make it pop as much as possible. I don't do a lot of special effects and stuff for the main channel graphics, the thumbnails, because I feel like, I don't know, there's something about just keeping it real that I like and that appeals. And and I've been able to show in the history of the channel that that does well. You don't have to have a crazy face, the YouTube face. I'm guilty of experimenting with that and having some videos, but for me and for the channel, my face isn't as much as a brand as just, just show the product. And that sort of is, I, I bet if you go and look through, you can almost pick out like that's a daily tech thumbnail when it comes to Apple stuff. But anyways, I, I really get off topic. Sorry. It was cool. I, I hit all the windows and stuff and I revealed the desktop on my super ultrawide monitor. And because of the angle of the iPad, it reflected some really soft, nice colors the oranges, the pinks, whatever was on the screen with that desktop, that official desktop, onto the screen, and it caught that blackness and colored it in with some gradient, and then you got that minimal clock with the typeface there, this bold with the white, and then everything else is like black, including the magic keyboard. It made for a nice contrast. I like the thumbnail, actually, quite a bit, even though I I really have no office furniture or anything cool to, to, to show stuff against at the moment. So for what I had available, I'm actually pretty excited about the thumbnail. You guys have no idea how much work goes into this stuff. I still can't believe it when somebody's like, man, YouTubers don't work at all. That could not be further from the truth. Let's look at some of the early comments. Somebody said, and this is JSAR, says, every single time I hear your intro, hey, it's Chris, I always reply, hey, Chris. <laughs> That's cool. I says, love your channel, brother. Thank you. Somebody named Jamie says, is there any way to access the search? Usually command space without a hardware keyboard. Yes. Uh, you just take one finger and swipe down on the home page. Got to be on the home screen and that same search, the spotlight search will appear. So if you're listening, there you go. Uh, Mighty Rob one says, serious question here. All these shortcuts, gestures, pencil tricks, etc. Are they documented someplace or do people only find out about them by trial and error? and by watching videos where other people tell you about them. For instance, I had no idea you could drag the pencil across to take a screenshot, and I've had my iPad Pro for two years now. Or dragging an app out of the search results window, which were both really fun tips. Yeah, the answer is Apple has a support place where they document how to do a lot of stuff. Some of it's there and some of it's not. A lot of it is you got to go looking for it, I feel, or somebody has to do the research and kind of round stuff up. And so for me, I know I run into some stuff on Twitter or just on my own and it's just like a serendipitous discovery. And then I try to just save those things, but it's my job though. And so I don't know how just a regular person without like proactively going out and actually just looking at a video like the one I just produced would find this kind of stuff. Apple's YouTube, I think they have some pretty nice videos that kind of do some how-to stuff and show you some stuff and a lot of you know what you would consider a tip would just be covered in those videos for different products. I know they have a lot of good iPad videos. And by the way, Apple's video team is ridiculous. They put all YouTubers to shame for sure. I think I told you guys about some of the Apple meetings that I've been in. It's just like ridiculous, the camera skills in this like Zoom meeting that I'm in. But you guys see the events and maybe it just looks so slick, you don't even think about it, but just they have crazy skills. And the lighting 
for because because if they're showing off an iPad, that's very similar to what a YouTube person like me would do. But just the lighting and everything is just so perfect. It's just hard to believe how amazing they do. But anyways, check out the YouTube, maybe check out the support documents. So during the time that I've been recording the podcast, we're now up to 2.9 thousand views, still ranking two out of 10. Yes, I continue to stat check. Sorry. As I'm watching through some of the videos so I can make some comments, it should be noted that I used a lot of iPhone shots in this, the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Some of them were Dolby Vision shots where I had to turn down the exposure to actually get them to be usable. Other times I just filmed in Filmic Pro without the Dolby turned on because I really like to be able to control the exposure and lock it. But if there's a lot of motion, oftentimes that's an iPhone shot. So that's something you can pick out unless there's depth of field. If there's a lot of depth of field and it's moving, then it's probably not the iPhone. But for as amazing as the Sony a7S III is, it has really bad stabilization. And I just haven't gotten around to using a gimbal with it yet. It's something I should do, need to do, want to do, but haven't yet pulled the trigger on, even though I've got a couple sitting around that are a couple years old. But yeah. Okay. The first half of this video, the first fourth of the video, really was me like recapping some of the stuff. I told you guys about that. So what I did was I went through and I downloaded basically every iPhone video I'd ever made from the channel. And I don't keep a backup of everything. So YouTube itself is like my archive of stuff, which is too bad because I can't re-download stuff in 4K from YouTube. I think if I re-download it, it gives me 720p, which is ridiculous. That's annoying. So sometimes I have to use a YouTube downloader, which is probably not uh, sanctioned <laughs> to get a higher quality version of old content. But I don't know. I downloaded like 20 videos and stuck them in Final Cut Pro so I could go through and grab out some parts of interest that would maybe illustrate something that I was talking about. So that was pretty crazy. For the most part, I rigged up an overhead rig up in the office using a C-stand, described that earlier, which is different because usually I just do the overhead and I do the A-roll, which is me, the talking head, and the B-roll, which is the product shot, all at the same time. I've been doing a lot of those types of videos in the studio, on that desk, and just doing like a multi-cam thing. It makes for a very quick edit, but there's something about when it was a special video, and I felt like this was a special video. I had a feeling it was going to be good, going to be useful, going to get some views. And I wanted to take some extra time and get some good shots. So I rigged up that overhead cam in the office. And I also rigged up an interesting side shot, which you can see I got a coffee mug sitting there, that see-through mug, which was an iced coffee anyway. So by the time I was done shooting, all that ice was probably melted. But yeah, I had, you guys know, I always have two iPhone uh, models. This year, it's two of the Pro Maxes. So I had my secondary Pro Max, which is just set up to specifically be a video camera on deck. And I, I did get a lot of shots mixed in to the final edit that were shot on the iPhone. So it really is truly a production tool for me. And there's certain shots I just couldn't get without it, to be honest. Or I could, but not as easily. It's just a very quick and easy and functional camera, especially now that it has that bigger sensor. A lot of people, they're like, I can't notice. I notice for video how much of a difference that bigger sensor makes. Because when I'm shooting, especially in this office space that doesn't have all my lights and stuff installed yet, if I had shot with last year's Pro model, 
it would have been lots of noise mixed into the shadows and it would have been grainy and I just, it would have drove me nuts and I wouldn't have used it. But now uh, in this circumstance, I was able to use it. Other than just having you watch the video for all the tips and stuff, there's not a whole lot of extra behind the scenes and stuff to talk about really. Other than I will say that Untools site, untools.co, which is where I got some of those thinking frameworks that I demoed at the very end for different ways that you could actually use the Apple Pencil beyond just being a stylus to tap around. There's a lot to dig into there. And I'm not, I I almost didn't include it, uh, but I put it at the end of the video because I feel like somebody was going to get something out of it and want to go explore it. But I did feel like it was worth including just because it was different, I think, than all the iPad related content that you would see. It was very productivity focused, probably went over some people's heads, like what they would use those thinking frameworks for. But if nothing else, I guess it made for some interesting time lapses, right? (laughs) While I was describing uh, the iceberg model, and then that other circle model. I don't even remember what it's called at this point. Yeah, um, pretty happy with it. Uh, looks like other people, subscribers on the channel, are, are liking it so far too. And so, good. Every now and then you need a pillar piece of content, like a tent pole that holds everything else up. And hopefully, I fully intended for this to be one of those. And I put everything I had into it, and it took me all week. So I didn't even get two videos done. Sometimes... I'm like, I need to get three videos out per week. You guys have heard me talk about this a lot. I got one video out this week, and then I'm doing this podcast because it just required so much of my time. But I'm proud of it, and I think it's going to be a good one that uh, will really help some people out. I'm getting down to the end of my kin can here, which means it's probably about time to wrap it up. But I will say this. I did get into Apple Fitness Plus to try it out. And I really want to like it. I still want to like it. I just, I got in there and I could make a decision about which exercise. I just wasn't really taken with the actual content so far. I really like the Apple Watch integration stuff. I'm thinking about just heading back towards the Peloton direction. I've been talking about it forever and I was holding off to see what was going on with Apple Fitness Plus. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I may be more interested in checking out the Peloton direction, the bike and maybe whatever, they've got that subscription service for other stuff, weights and stuff too. I have a lot of good equipment, so I, I thought maybe I don't need the bike. I see Danny Winget's over there. I, I have people contact me like, hey, uh, start up the Daily Tech Peloton Club. We'll all, all do rides together. That's cool. That kind of appeals. Yeah, I don't have the Apple Watch integration that Fitness Plus has, but I don't know. I just got in there, and it really wasn't for me. And that's why at the beginning of this episode I was talking about, I feel like I really like Apple's hardware, but oftentimes when it comes to the services, I just I haven't been uh, as impressed lately. I know some people are loving it, and that's cool, and I wouldn't want to discourage. You should definitely go check it out for yourself. I just, I don't know. I'm heading back towards looking at the Peloton. That's all I'm just going to say. I'm also getting some ear fatigue from these headphones. They're Sonals, I think is how you pronounce them. Not super expensive. I'm not using my AirPods Max right now, so I'm getting some ear fatigue, which is another sign to wrap it up. Oh, but let me just say, too, before I'm out of here, everyone's complaining about the condensation in the AirPods Max. I haven't experienced it yet. I guess I just haven't worn them long enough. I saw somebody complaining on Twitter today. Man, I just took these on a plane ride and... First of all, I didn't realize a lot of people were traveling, but I guess so. But they were like, oh, it's too bad. They sound okay, but they're just uncomfortable. And somebody else on the Twitter feed was piling on. Yeah, they're so uncomfortable. I have not found the AirPods Max to be uncomfortable. I haven't had the condensation issue. 
I know it's like probably the cool thing. People are trying to make it happen, wear it for a really long time and, and then post your picture. Uh, just, I can't say either of those have been an issue for me. So I was just going to let you know that you just, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Probably the things I say too, right? Because whenever you get a, a perspective for somebody, it's just that one person's perspective and it doesn't necessarily represent the fuller, wider field of everybody who might have some experience with something. Oh, all right. Going to wrap it up. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for everybody that comes to the premieres on the channel. I try to premiere every video when I can. And it's fun to get there and hang out with those 100, 200, 300 people that are there that have notifications turned on that just happen to be online at just the right time when I publish. Really enjoyed the interactions today. So if you're not getting those notifications, you can go in right now and go make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and turn on those notifications. Then, of course, you have to have YouTube notifications turned on in your settings. A lot of people turn on the notifications and don't realize they also have to enable the app itself to have notifications. So you kind of have to turn on notifications twice or not have turned them off when you installed YouTube in the first place on your phone or whatever. But that's really fun and it'd be fun to have more people. So yeah, you should do that because really every video I try to premiere and uh, there's a whole, there's a gang of people that always show up. I don't know how they're always there, but shout out to those people too. All right. I hope you guys have a good week. I'll catch you in the next video. Later. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat, the reviews from Chris you gotta see. Daily tech got the facts that you need, and it's a whole crew you gotta meet. After party, it's the place you gotta be, and you can't really beat it cause it's free. Trying to give you unbiased critiques, quality you should take it from me. Cause we care about our customers, pull up a seat, got a whole team, giving you the best and do it by any means. Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the mountains. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yo. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah.